The Haftarah of the first day of Rosh Hashanah speaks of the story of Chana, the wife of Elkanah, who at first did not have any children, and then davened at the Mishkan in Shiloi, and she was blessed with a son, Shmuel Hanavi. We know that the Haftarah, like the Torah, which is always there as a lesson, also the Haftarah is there as a lesson for the person reading and learning it on that Yom Tev or on that Shabbos. So there must be a lesson of why the Haftarah, this Haftarah is read on Rosh Hashanah, and specifically to the Tefillah of Rosh Hashanah, which we can learn from the Tefillah of Chana, which is what brought about this miracle of her having a child. So first we have to understand in the story itself. Chana is davening, and Eli, the Kohen, thinks that she's intoxicated. So he says to her, how long will you become intoxicated? Chana says, no, I'm not drinking, rather I am pouring out my soul to Hashem. So the questions we have is, number one, how does Eli make such a mistake? Eli was a lofty, holy Yid. How could he make such a mistake to think that someone is drunk when in truth they're actually davening so beautifully? Number two, even if Eli did have a reason to think so, why does the Torah tell it to us? The Torah does not discuss derogatory things about anyone, even about a behemoth Tmeya. Why about Eli Akayin? And number three, if Eli thought she was intoxicated, why does he wait for her to finish davening? Why doesn't he stop her right away and remove her from the house of Hashem? From this we must learn that Eli did not think of her as a, as a literal drunk drunk from alcohol. Rather, he thought she was intoxicated by her davening. And she davened too long, it was considered an inappropriate thing. And Hannah says, no, the fact that I was davening so long was connected with the outpouring of my soul, which in that case makes the davening a lofty thing, not a, uh, an inappropriate thing. And this is how we're going to connect Rosh Hashanah to Tefillah's Chana, because this back and forth, this dialogue between Chana and Eli Akayin actually helps us understand something about our davening on Rosh Hashanah. Because when it comes to the Rosh Hashanah davening, we find a contrast. On the one hand, Rosh Hashanah is the day of judgment for our needs, our material needs, our spiritual needs, and therefore on Rosh Hashanah we're supposed to daven for our necessities. On the other hand, we know that Rosh Hashanah is the day that we crown the Abishter as king. When crowning the Abishter as king, this has to come from a place of total submission to Hashem, where we have no personal desires or needs. So this is a contradiction. How? When one is in a total submission to the king, where he's not thinking about himself at all, can he be expected to ask Hashem for his needs, even his, even his spiritual needs, and especially his material needs, which is the main thrust of the davening on Rosh Hashanah. Which is it? Are we standing in total submission where we don't think about ourselves and we have no needs or wants? Or are we standing before Hashem and asking Him for our needs? Now you might say that we can ask this question about the davening of a whole year, not just Rosh Hashanah. During the davening of Shemin Esther, we're supposed to be standing in front of the king. And when you're in front of the king, even a gesture of the finger, any, any expression of an independent entity is considered treason and could be uh, uh, punishable with the worst of punishments. And at the same time, the Chachamim, established in the davening 12 brachas in which we're supposed to ask for our needs. Now, to answer this last question, is that, not, that it's not such a great question. 
Meaning to say there is a very big difference between Rosh Hashanah and davening the rest of the year. In the rest of the year, after the Abishter has already been crowned as king. So the Abishter is like a king that is leading the land. And therefore, the, uh, the expression of the bittle, of the submission of the, ta- of the people of the land to the king is to recognize that they need the Abishter, they need their king to fulfill their needs. And it's just that when a person is actually in Shemayna Asra, when he's standing immediately in front of the king, then he has to, he has to show that the entire land is not an independent entity, it is under the rulership of the king. But that's the whole year where the Abishter is already king, and therefore we acknowledge the Abishter's kingship by asking him for our needs. But if we still need to crown the Abishter as king as we do on Rosh Hashanah, when the Abishter is still exalted and removed from the kingship, here what's required of us is a much greater and deeper bit. One that totally removes us from our own personal needs and wants. So how can we be expected at this moment, in this type of state, to ask the Abishter for our personal needs? So here is the answer. When a Yid is asking for his needs on Rosh Hashanah, it's not for his own personal benefit. So he should have an abundance in material and spiritual matters. Rather, it's an extension of Tamlichuni Aleichem. In order to implement the Abishter's kingship on the whole world, that the whole world should recognize that the Abishter is king, this is through involving ourselves in the worldly matters and turning them into a dwelling place for Hashem. And since every Yid has sparks of holiness that are the task of his individual neshama to elevate and to, and to refine, and those, ta- those sparks are inside the physical, material things of this world, he therefore asks Hashem, give me my material needs so that I can implement the Abish's kingship through them. So on Rosh Hashanah, when the person is asking for their needs, it's not about the personal uh, uh, entity of the individual. He's asking it for the Abishter's sake. And quite the contrary, this is the greatest expression of Bittal, that everything that I'm asking is for the Abishter. Because since Birur HaNitzutzes, the, the, the refining of the sparks is coming from the Etzam HaNeshama because the Dira B'Tachtein of the Ebrister's desire to have a dwelling place in this world is from Atzmus. And therefore, when we involve ourselves in that, that comes from our Etzam HaNeshama. And the Etzam HaNeshama, it's, it's one with Hashem. It's all about fulfilling the will of Hashem, the task of Hashem. And the personal needs of the individual are irrelevant. So therefore, this answers our question, how we could daven on Rosh Hashanah for our personal needs, because it's not about us. It's about the Abishter. Now, if you're going to ask a question, these, these requests are established to be part of davening by the Chachamim for every Yid, even a Yid is on a lower level, Yid doesn't recognize that his material needs are there in order to serve Hashem. So if you're asking the person to not think about your material needs at all, tell them that Rosh Hashanah is a time to elevate themselves uh, uh, higher and greater than, than any material or personal needs, then that's possible. Because in Rosh Hashanah, a person is in a state of where the spark is close to the source of the light. And therefore, a person could become inspired and ignore their needs. But if a person, a regular person, who is not on the level of recognizing that his needs are there for the Abishter, so how can you expect of that person, on the one hand, to pray and request from Hashem to fulfill his needs, and at the same time, he shouldn't feel any personal desire, any personal motives, and it should be solely for the Abishter's sake. 
this could be answered with the teaching of the Baal Shem Tev. The Pasuk says that hungry and thirsty, their soul is yearning. So the Baal Shem Tev explains that the hunger and the thirst of the person's body to a food or drink stems from the fact that their soul is yearning for the sparks of holiness that are in that food or drink. In other words, even though the person is on a regular level and he, all he feels is basic hunger or thirst, nevertheless, it originates from his neshama that is hungering and thirsting for the sparks. And this is what happens on Rosh Hashanah in Shul. When the person is asking for an Rosh Hashanah for, with for of the Abishter, that he, the Abishter should fulfill his needs, even though he's on a level that all he can feel, all he can experience is the literal and basic needs that he has. But the truth of the matter is that this outpouring of the soul is what the outpouring of the soul is what's causing this hunger. The reason that the body is, is asking Hashem for his, for their needs is because the Nishama wants those, those material things in order to be able to, to elevate it. And it's actually, we see that by Unesana Tekif, which is asking for the, the basic material needs of the individual, we find that people are more inspired sometimes than by Malaykha Ala'ilam Kuli Bichvaydacha. How is that possible? Because the person on the surface experiences the needs of his body. But in truth, it's coming from the Nishama that wants to make a Dira Leiz Baruch And this answers the, this answers the question why we read the Haftarah of Tfilas Chana. Eli is tining to Chana, he's, he's saying to Chana, how can you daven like this, Lifnei Hashem? How can you ask for children, which is a personal need or a personal want, when you're standing in front of Hashem? You should be in a state where not, your own personal needs are, are meaningless to you. And Chana answers, no, not only is this not, am I, am I not intoxicated by my own desires and wills, quite the contrary, this is coming from my yearning to connect with Hashem. And therefore we find that Chana actually said, I'm going to give this child away to Hashem, because all of this need, these needs and wants were actually coming from Chana's desire to do what Hashem wants of them. And this is the lesson for every Yid. It's not enough that our Pnimi is that the, that the inner part of the Yid should be as it should. Rather, that has to express itself in the revealed way. That when a Yid davens in Rosh Hashanah, even though the Eli HaKoyin within him says, what are you going to think now about material matters? Comes Chana and says quite the contrary. If your request for material matters is coming from the depth of your neshama, it's chavuko dvukabach, you're connecting with Hashem, then it's a beautiful way of davening in Rosh Hashanah. And then as Eli answers Chana, then Hashem will fulfill your request. The Abishter too fulfills our requests for Hashanah, Teva, Mesuka, Beteva, Nireva, Nigla, Banechai, Omezeyna, Revicha.